What is the premise of purpose? Why are we here? And how do some people make so much impact in their lifetime, while others exist on autopilot? This is where we explore all things revolutionary in business, mindset, and your everyday life. I'm Anna Graybow, a spiritual coach and business mentor who helps you turn your passion into your livelihood. Check out my newest product, the Full Web Goddess Template, an opportunity for you to create your website and launch your business instantly in a beautiful and easy way. Just go to the-webgoddess.com to get started today. Also, if you use the coupon PURPOSE10, you will get 10% off. So today we have Susan Murphy, a broadcast voice coach who's been in the broadcast industry for over 40 years. She's been a radio news director, a TV news reporter, a talk show host and producer for radio, a public television producer and on-air personality, a dean and instructor, and a voiceover artist. She believes everyone deserves to use their most authentic voice to make the biggest impact they can in life. So welcome, Susan. It's a pleasure to have you. Oh, it's so nice to be here, Anna. I'm looking forward to this conversation. You and I have a lot in common. I think so. So tell us a little bit about you, what you believe your purpose is in this world. Yes, what my purpose is in this world, and I discovered it about two years ago. As you said, I've done all the things you accused me of, guilty as charged. But about two years ago, I'm flipping channels here in North Carolina. I had recently moved from New York, and I would see these on-air reporters who could shoot a good story. They looked great on camera. Their writing was okay. But I thought, you know, the voice does not match what I should be listening to and what I'm seeing. So I thought, you know, I can fix that. I've taken tons of lessons myself. I've been a voice person forever. Maybe I could do this. Ran it past a news director friend of mine. He said, oh my gosh, yeah, there'd be a huge market for that. He sent me two of his reporters. I did not charge him. Uh -huh. He gave me a wonderful recommendation, kind of hung out my shingle on LinkedIn. Yeah. And lo and behold, Vosat, Better Broadcast Voices, was born. Wow. And it it took off way faster than I thought it would. And I'm really making a difference in young reporters and anchors' lives. Wow. And what a gift, what a pleasure, what a joy to watch them grow. Yeah, they pay me, but the psychological income is priceless. Oh my God. So at the age of 65, I finally <laughs> figured out my life's purpose and I'll do it till I die. And I'm going to elevate the voice of every reporter one at a time so that they can elevate their careers. I absolutely love this. And I also love that you are sort of working with younger people. I personally love working with people who are in their 60s and 70s. And yeah, I know it's so funny. We're flipped because I just, yeah. I love helping people find their purpose wherever they are. Right. And so I think there's this really wonderful thing. So talk to me about what it was like when you had this idea and then actually putting it into action, because it's one thing to dream about it and then actually making it all come together after your first initial thing, making it real. What was that like? I can be a very um, quick on my feet. Let's make a decision now. Let's just go for it kind of person. 
I've freelanced for truly freelance for probably the last 25 years of my life. And I was just talking with a young, um, she was a, a, a TV reporter, and then she went to a company that does video presentations for tech companies. And she was being um, compelled to start her own business. And that scared the bedevil out of her. And I said, Rachel, don't look at it as starting your own business. Look at it as freelancing. And go. the difference in your head, she went, oh, oh, that's easier now, isn't it? I think she thought starting your own business, okay, uh, legal, tax, this, that. Let's get this off the ground. We'll do it the rest later. And go with the passion. Go with what you can do. There are people who will take care of that other stuff for you. So she's now, I think, going to go ahead with it only because I changed the words to freelancer. Amazing. And that's that's why I'm not afraid to try something. When I worked for public television, this would have been back in... 1998, 1999, something like that. Every public television station used to do its own fundraising pledge drives where people at the station would get on and they'd ask for contributions and they'd interrupt your programming every 20 minutes and nobody likes a pledge drive, but it is how public TV makes money. So, and every station had to do their own, whether the talent was good, whether the ability to do it was there and whether the camera people, the lighting, the set. One day I'm looking at some of our really, you know, public television programs are really beautifully done. And I say to a producer friend of mine, you know, suppose we could create pledge programming or these pledge breaks that looked as beautiful as the shows. Mm -hmm. And instead of saying, you know, call us at you know, WUSA and the number is 1-800-123-679. Well, all we'd say was call the number there on your screen and make a pledge to your public television station so that then they could just, in the lower third, as we call it on TV, yeah. put the phone number and call letters. And so we went to the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. We kind of fleshed it out, gave them a proposal. Huh. And the Corporation for Public Broadcasting gave us a million dollars to try it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and um, that was amazing because we had a million dollars. And what we did was we created pledge breaks. We got stations to come in and help us test them. Yeah. Did the beautifully done pledge breaks do better than yes. the homegrown ones? Yes. What we learned was... They were about the same. Wow. But but if you aired our turnkey pledge breaks, you didn't have to turn on the turn on the lights, pay your crew, pay for snacks. You didn't have to do there was no upfront cost for you. So technically you made money. Wow. wow. So that that was just one example of like, let's try it. You know, I have a bunch of costumes in my basement. Let's put on a show. Yeah. And that's kind of how I came up with coaching as well. I just, you see a need or you have an idea to fix something. Yes. And try it. Genius. I love this. 
I really do believe that everyone has something like this that they can share with others, right? But the thing I see all the time is that people get stuck in that worry or can I do it or do people want what I have to offer? So clearly you have worked on your mindset or your ability in some way where you know what you can offer and you're really good at presenting it. So what would you say to someone who is a little bit hesitant? Would you say to fake it or to practice or what would you say for them to go out there and just make it happen for themselves? I know you're a big fan of fake it till you make it. I've seen that. I like to say, learn it till you earn it. Yes. I, because I think people will eventually see you faking it. So I think if you are authentic, if you're genuine, sometimes you have to admit you don't have all the answers, but let me try this. Be real, be upfront with the people with whom you want to try something or investors in, in a project that you wish to undertake. I think if you are truly excited about it, if you've done a little bit of research, if you think it could work, if you've searched high and low for the downside and either didn't find it or could somehow mitigate it, just go for it. Don't be afraid. People are always afraid of what other what others are going to think about them, which is true. Everybody worries about that, and which is kind of why I teach voice, because if you can present yourself with an authentic voice, if you can present yourself in a way where your communication style is perfect for whatever adventure you're doing. And and it's actually gotten to the point, I now coach ministers, nurses, CEOs. It's just changing the arena, but I can still coach you in voice. Allow people to hear you out. And if they say no, smile and, and say thank you. And as you make that pitch for what you want, listen to yourself, which is why I could see where maybe practicing isn't a bad idea and certainly have answers for any of the objections. I mean, yes. do that. But if they say no, they might. the no might present you with information you didn't think about. Yes. The no might present you with a type of person you don't want to work with. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a learning experience. Um, You know, you learn a lot even from the train wrecks in your life. Yes. So what's the worst that could happen? Genius. I love it. I love it. Okay. I just love the way that you approach everything. So tell us about what you do with your clients when you work with them. How do you start out? What's that process like for you? Mm -hmm. Particularly with reporters and anchors, the problem is often the pitch of their voice. Women and men have different issues. I work with more women than men because in a viewer's ear or a news director's ear, it's always about the pitch. And they'll say, well, just, you know, make your voice lower. Oh, please don't do that. Oh God, please don't do that. That's, that's a recipe for danger and nothing that you can sustain. What I do is help you find the authentic natural pitch at which you should be speaking and you're not for a multitude of reasons. 
One is, I guarantee you that two-thirds of the breaths you take during the day, and you take 11,000 of them, two-thirds of them are done wrong. The only breaths that you do right are when you're sleeping because <laughs> you're not breathing into your diaphragm. Right. Babies, babies, we're all born knowing how to do it. And when we learn to walk and follow directions and talk, it stops. So I teach you how to breathe into your belly and how to let go of tension and misspent energy because the energy really only needs to be between your diaphragm and your vocal cords. Diaphragm, vocal cords, muscles, they need to be exercised properly. So it's breath. I spend the first hour working with people on breath. Mm -hmm. And it's a combination of yogic breathing along with what I've learned in voice acting classes and singing classes and that type of thing. And I've kind of invented my own little recipe. And the other thing that I try to do is if you are if you are calm and centered and focused, you have a much better shot at nailing the live shot or not messing up as you're reading words that go past you. I mean, anchoring is so hard. People don't understand how hard it is to read well the words that are moving past you on a prompter. Right. So, and because just that is enough to make most people stop breathing. Yes. Yeah. So we work with breath and then we work with connection. And this goes in all businesses. If you're not connected to what you're talking about, a reporter, if if they sound, I like to call it divorced from the story when mm. they write it and then record it and then it airs. Yes. If you sound divorced from it or disconnected, why would I connect? Yes. So we work a lot on connection and mm -hmm. storytelling as opposed to reading. Big right. difference. Mm -hmm. And how you write it. It's another thing people don't often understand about making a pitch um, or a presentation. I'm very famous for saying, write it like a fifth grader. Deliver it like a college professor. Wow. I love that. How fifth old are you in fifth grade? 10. You're 10. Yeah. Write it like you're 10. So these, wait, wait, wait. I went to a four-year university and I wrote these essays and I wrote these papers and, I, and you're telling me to write it like, um, that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> so write like you speak, write from the heart, write from your head broadcasters or presenters are educators. You are informing people, you're teaching them. Mm -hmm. So you have to take all kinds of things into consideration to be a good presenter, anchor, reporter. And I like to say, I'm going to teach you how to eat an elephant, but we can't do it all in one bite. So we take lots of little bites. And when you put all the things together, and it takes time. It's not like you can flip a switch. When you when you really work at it and you meld all the pieces together, what it does for their confidence. And if you have confidence in your pitch, in your business, in your story, that don't hide that under a basket, you know, 
shine on. Yes. And people will notice. I love it. And all of this applies to business owners as well, entrepreneurs. There's so much overlap here. Let's look at breathing for a second because I actually have a yogi teacher. I do yogic breathing myself. So I found it Good. very fascinating that you um, use all of that. So not only does it help with your presentation, but it probably helps with mindset as well and state of being. Um, how else does breathing support you in everything that you do? Well, if you're into yoga, you know about the parasympathetic nervous system, right? Okay. But why does any reporter or anchor know about a parasympathetic nervous system, which is the nervous system that runs alongside your regular nervous system? And the parasympathetic nervous system's job is to take hold of your regular nervous system and say, chill, we're good. Do not yeah. send us flight and fight messages. We're good. We got this. So rhythmic breathing, any kind of rhythmic breathing, activates. It's the simplest way to activate the parasympathetic nervous system. When you do that, you've lowered your heart rate, you've lowered your blood pressure, and you've set yourself up to be focused. And it, when you think about the short, the short version of, of how I teach breath, and I can do it in two sentences, the short version is drop your shoulders and breathe into your belly, meaning your diaphragm is a muscle like a balloon. And if you can imagine taking air in and that balloon expanding, and then speak boldly, did not say loudly, I said boldly, you've set yourself up for beginning, at least beginning your, your presentation or your story as probably as well as you, you can. And with every breath, drop your shoulders, breathe into the belly. Dropping your shoulders, that was a technique um, when I took singing lessons a bunch of years ago because I loved regional theater. Put me in the chorus, give me a couple of lines, but I got cast in the musical of Footloose. Oh. And I was cast as one of the mothers and they have a duet. Wait, you want me to sing a duet and I have to sing the alto line, not even the soprano line. Okay. Well, I had six weeks oh, to get this together. So found a singing teacher and she's the one who taught me that your shoulders have more to do with your ability to help activate the parasympathetic nervous system and relax muscles in your body so that all the air and energy that you need is, is the focus. And if you can just drop your shoulders, it takes out tension up through your neck and your face. It was it was really pretty brilliant. Um, wow. And it, it translates so nicely into voice work, speaking voice, not just singing voice. Yes. So shoulders, who knew that they I had so much that. to do with your voice, but they do. It's brilliant. And I used to do ballet and everything was drop your shoulders. <laughs> so yes. there you go. Exactly. Right. And and ballet, where you learn to isolate muscles, mm -hmm. not easy. And, you know, ballerinas have to learn to do it without thinking. And that's kind of what the breath work and what, what, the, what I try to teach. And the way I assign the practice of it, if you religiously practice the breath work and the way I give you the practice, 
in inside of three weeks, you should be able to like get yourself right in and it, it will become second nature, like muscle memory. Um, but you have to be dedicated to it. There's no halfway. No. Um, and of course, when you're on air, so many other things can go wrong and yes. that it's not. And I say to my clients, okay, practicing with me, this is all we have to think about. But when you're on air, there's somebody talking in your ear, you got people behind you, you got a camera person, you got, you know, things are going wrong, they're late, the audio doesn't work. Oh, oh, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot harder than people realize. It seems really difficult. Something else that came to mind was when you were talking about freeing up the energy to just, you know, have the breath in your diaphragm and your vocal cords, it also reminded me of how you can free up sort of your mental capacity to only focus on the things that really matter, forget everything else. It sounds like you have that sort of dialed in. Bingo. Exactly right. You can't be worried about how your hair looks or is the mic working and all that other stuff and and be good at what your technically one job is to do. And that is to do that presentation or to deliver that story. Everything you've got has to go into that. Mm -hmm. I often say, you know, for anchors, if you are not exhausted by the end of the half hour or hour, you haven't done your job right. I mean, there is, there is great connection and making connection in story after story, whether it's a murder or a St. Patrick's Day parade, mm -hmm. it takes, it takes a, a lot out of you because you're putting so much in it. I just love how passionate you are and how much oh, you know yeah. life you put into it. So tell us about any difficult moments you've had growing your own business. Has anything been challenging and how have you overcome that? Oh my gosh, challenging. Well, as you all know, where is my next client coming from? Oh, you know, when I first got started, it was slow and then it picked up and I was scheduling three weeks out because I work with you over several weeks. Um, and when I get to work with news directors who will send me five or six kids at a time, oh, that's the that's perfect. Well, for example, you know, last month was kind of slow and this month doesn't look a whole lot busier. So I, I kind of hold my breath and I start digging around and posting more on LinkedIn or reaching out to other clients. You can't, you can't give up, but you want to. Okay, mm -hmm. well, you know, maybe I won't do this anymore. Oh, you know, this was okay. Two years was a pretty good run. But just stay in there because things will change. And invariably they do when you least expect it. You know, you'll get three clients in one day. Well, how'd that happen? So mm -hmm. that's the difficult part is when you um when you don't know where the next job is coming from. And the other thing that's hard, and maybe you find this too, I would love to work with more news directors. Mm -hmm. Boy, do I have a tough time getting their attention. I mean, I was a news director in radio. I know <laughs> uh, you're busy. and But here I am, I'm, I'm offering you something. You can take that off your plate about mm -hmm. worrying how your reporters sound if they work with me. And, it, and getting getting somebody's attention. Mm -hmm. And I also have a very finite number of people I can work with. Right. 180 television markets, 
three-ish TV stations per market. That's um, give or take 500. That's 500 people. That's not a lot of people. Right. Yeah. So that's always a challenge. And I'm always trying to figure out interesting ways to catch their attention. That's not been easy. That makes perfect sense. I feel like, thankfully, the skills that you do teach do translate to so many different things. So it would be very possible for you to create some sort of smaller thing that's digestible for people in any group. Um, yes. But I, I absolutely understand when you have that perfect person you want to work with, but maybe they're not looking in the direction that you are. And, you know, if only they knew that you could help them, then. <laughs> exactly. Know. Exactly. I'm thinking I've had such success with ministers, mostly at my church, and I think I would like to branch out because they'll tell you, you learn how to write a sermon or homily, you you learn about how those are created, but nobody ever tells you how to present them. And, And even the writing instructions are sometimes not right for the ear. Fine to read, but what you write to read and what you write to present are two very different things. So I was thinking about going to seminaries to see if I couldn't offer um, yes. yeah, expertise there. Brilliant. And mm-hmm. also, I think that there are just so many people who want to share their stories and their authentic voice, you know, and they see others doing it. It's so freeing. And they see people giving talks and they think, I want to do that. But then, you know, there's one thing to have the idea again, but then another to put it out there and to do it well, right? right. Yes, right. yes. And a lo- okay, one thing I need to point out too, particularly with women, is about 20% of the women I work with actually have trouble accessing that that perfect pitch, that lower register, that coming up from the bottom of the diaphragm voice. And I'll try every, and I have many tools and strategies, and nothing works. And then I stumbled into this, and now I know what it is. For many women, holding on to a girlish, childish, breathy, tiny voice goes back to their relationship with parents or, or you know, um, other authority figures in their lives, where they were either um, shushed. Their opinion didn't matter. Um, you know, wh- why do I want to hear what you have to say? So they learned that it, to get attention, to get attention, they would develop this uh, this little girl voice that, sadly, so many of the male figures in their lives liked, enjoyed, responded to. Mm. Well, you're now 24, and time to step out of that. And when we unpack a little bit about why that would have happened, so many women will get tears in their eyes or they'll say, yeah, yeah, that resonates with me. Um, And some have realized that it's generational that how women have been treated in their families. So sometimes just... um, Allowing them to talk about it or think about it. Some won't talk about it. Some will. But I I always say, you know, thank the voice that you have. It got you here. It got you what you needed to this point. And thank that voice. But say to it, would you just step aside a little bit? I am not throwing you out. Please just step aside. I'm going to try something new. I'd like to step into a different 
part of my life and a different way to present and communicate. And then eventually what happens, the other voice, you can't wrestle with it. It won't, don't wrestle. It will leave on its own when the authentic you steps forward so often. That's what I love about coaching is that it is so much more than just the thing you think you're getting out of it. You, oh, you heal, you unpack all of these wounds and you, you become a more authentic you, basically. I love that. Voice is so intimate. It's like a fingerprint. Yeah. And it's, you have to be gentle. You have to be kind. Um, you know, so many women, people, everybody, oh, I hate the way I sound. I hate the way I sound. Uh, I know, you know, and that that you're not being fair because what you hear and what we hear are two different things. But you're right. If you can, if you can do a little of that work, that just helps the blossom to open up a little bit more. Okay. I'm so fascinated. I don't know what I sound like, obviously, uh, but clearly I am a younger woman. I am 26 and I've had my fair share of, you know, trying to hush myself, but what would I do if I wanted to use more of that diaphragm register? What would you recommend to someone? Make a conscious effort. Be mindful about mm -hmm. how you're speaking and where. Mm -hmm. You can use different techniques, speaking with a boss, speaking on air, speaking to a client, speaking to your children. If we were to use our authentic voices, if we were to, and when we're not using our voices, if we were to actively listening to what the other person is saying, giving them space to speak their mind, and then maybe occasionally taking a pause, which I talk to reporters about all the time. Don't, don't be a runaway train. Pause, two reasons, gives you a chance, the speaker, to regroup. Mm -hmm. It gives your listener a chance to understand the previous minute or two, absorb it. So if we were to use this kind of communication all throughout various relationships in our lives. I think a lot of harsh words would not be said. I think a lot of screaming would be stopped before it started. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when you breathe, it, it can calm you a little bit. So it's just a matter of being mindful about where that breath is coming from, trying to relax muscles in your body that don't need to be used right at this moment. And use that pause that allows you to either think of the right word or shape the right phrase, and then just do it. And it'll be different for different situations. Just, just dive in. But as you do that, here I'm talking about actively listening to the other person. You also have to listen to you mm -hmm. so that you know when you're speaking authentically and when you're not, when you're off the rails, when you're, uh, for men, I will say sometimes their on-air voices aren't necessarily high, but their voices get like this and they are, I call this reaching because every muscle in their body is tensed. And so you're not breathing into your diaphragm and you're reaching with your voice. 
sportscasters. Oh, oh yeah. They're the worst. <laughs> they're the worst. But but they're also the easiest to fix, to be honest with you. So it's just, oh. Just take the time and be mindful. This is so helpful. I'm I know it is for me, but I know that a lot of the women I work with, they come from backgrounds where they might have not been listened to as much. And mm. they also tend to be people who have given so much to everyone and they're always giving. And yet people don't want to listen to them, but they find themselves in places where they're always giving. So I find this very interesting because for me, I've also been in that kind of a situation. So it's very fascinating to unpack and how deep you can go. And uh, yeah, I'm just really enjoying the the thought of all of it. And when you can be bolder with your voice, you can be bolder in other ways. Working with a reporter who, who just wasn't being heard and just passed over for promotion, whatever. I said, okay, um, Katie, when you walk into the morning editorial meeting, which everybody does at nine and they do it again at two, when you walk in at nine o'clock, where do you go? Oh, I, I go to the back of the room to, a, to you know, to like a, far from the table. Katie, Katie, next time I want you to walk in and I want you to stand next to the news director and, and just stand tall and just be present right there, not in a corner. You're going to stand next to the news director and you're going to actively listen. I don't care whether you talk. You're going to actively listen to what everybody else is saying. And so that when they're watching you, Oh, Katie's listening. And then if you do choose to speak or if it's your turn to pitch your story, you know, drop your shoulders, breathe from your belly and go. Little things like that. Don't go to the corner. Stand next to the boss. It's brilliant. I can tell where I've done the same things in my life. And it's so interesting because you can see how it all comes full circle. Times in your life where you felt like you know, you had to make yourself small and all of these different things, right? Yeah. Yes. yes. I get make it. Make yourself small. Mm -hmm. oh. <laughs> you can't be small on television. No. You can't be small. In fact, they say because of technology and communication cycles and whatever, television actually tampens down 20%, 20% of the energy and presence that you're throwing out. So that by the time it gets to me in my living room, it's not what you're putting out. So you have to go 20% higher than what you think you need to be doing. Wow. Because transmission, et cetera, flattens it. Mm -hmm. So be a little bigger. Be a little bigger. I love it so much. And what would you say to anyone who might want to work with you? What's the best oh. way for them to get in touch? Oh, absolutely. I'm on LinkedIn. There are a million Susan Murphys. So just go Susan Murphy voice coach. I'll show up. Or uh, my website is susanmurphyvosat.com. Now, I picked a word that is TV lingo. Vosat is shorthand for voiceover, sound on tape which is what reporters write and do. And so now you know a little, oh, Vosat. I know what a Vosat is. Yes. Um, so SusanMurphyVosat.com. Come to my website, all the info, get in touch. And whether you're a broadcaster or not, um, I would love to work with you. I've got strategies. I can 
help you with a job interview. I do that with people. People are, uh, oh, you know, I'm not getting the second call or I'm not. So we talk about strategies on Zoom or on the phone or how to better present yourself in an, in an interview situation. Beautiful. And I know a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs that need help presenting themselves confidently because maybe they're comfortable in their current roles or jobs, but now becoming an entrepreneur is a whole new thing. So I think that would be a yeah. wonderful fit. Truly. Oh, I would. Yes. Yes. And I'm kind of a, I like to say I'm a good barometer um, because if you can get me to understand it, if I can pleasantly respond, if I can, if you've, if you've hooked me, well, then chances are you're on the right track. So I consider myself a barometer. I love that. And is there anything else that you want to share with everyone today that you think is really important that they take with them? Well, Anna, this has been a great conversation and we have hit all the things that dovetail so nicely with what we do together. Um, I think I would just want to repeat don't be af yeah, so easy to say, oh, just don't be afraid. Well, that's not helpful. Um, allow someone to help you not to be afraid. Talk it out. If you if you're harboring a secret, something or other that this is what I really would like to do, like your fiance once said, you keep talking about this coaching thing. What coaching thing? Right. Yes. Um talk it out because as you talk, the you know, the wheels start to turn and the smoke starts to rise and it's good for everybody. And then build a little bit at a time. You know, a little bit of progress is still progress. So don't don't give up and 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 keep going. Just just keep going, even when you think, oh, I'm never gonna get another client. Oh hopefully I will. You know, so I'm not giving up. You don't give up either. I know so. And I also feel that the biggest breakthroughs come right after the challenge and the struggle because you're forced to think outside the box. So absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Most of us have been trapped in that box. You need to be pushed out of the box. Yeah. You oh, to go back to the singing lessons, you know, for the show, yeah. we had about, we had 12 um, uh, performances of Footloose. I nailed the duet in 11 out of the 12. I was either show five or six complete train wreck. It, it, I don't know what happened. And I felt so bad for the other woman who, oh, no. and I felt bad for the audience. Um, but you know, I wouldn't have wanted to go 12 perfect times. Mm -hmm. you, you have to stumble a little, you have to be humble a little, and you have to realize that it isn't the stumbling, it's how you recover from it and how you pick yourself back up. So I'm glad I had that train wreck in show five or six. And I'm so glad you were able to share that with everyone here so that they can remember that we are all human and it is part of it. <laughs> yeah. And yes. You know, I like to say that in speeches and presentations, nobody will catch a little mistake, a little fun for you think you've fallen into the Grand Canyon, but I'm not going to remember it. I sang a whole song. <laughs> wrong badly oh so it was yeah i fell into the grand canyon and i took the audience with me but yeah <laughs> it's okay we've all been there yeah. we've all mm. been there thank you so much susan it's been so lovely i've learned so much from you and i know the audience will as well so thank you i've had such a good time with you let's do it again yes definitely definitely 
Thank you for listening to our show. If you liked it, please feel free to leave us a review and tell us what you thought and what you learned. Also, don't forget to get your own website template by going to the-webgoddess.com and use the promo code PURPOSE10 to get 10% off today.